Yo, yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back. Uh, I don't know. I was uh, laughing. I just looked back at the cat, and he was looking at a wall like it was a big juicy steak. What's going on, y'all? Uh, welcome back to another another episode of the Audible Podcast. I'm your host, the man, the one, two and three. Well, thank y'all for coming by. Thank y'all for for stopping by um, this wonderful audio space. Uh, a lot of anger has just been flowing uh, through my system like you wouldn't believe. Um, it seems as though we, we jump straight into sports. I want to discuss a couple things. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to discuss is... All right, y'all know who I am. I did a whole podcast about uh bad drivers right if you don't if you ever seen it go to the podcast page itunes etc um i have a real pet peeve about bad driving right i i don't have a thing people that want to speed you do you right it's the the precautionary things i have a problem with putting your blinkers on you know um you're signaling you know what I'm saying? Even people that speed, you put your signal on when you're getting a, in a left or right or left lane. Uh, your signals, it lets it's it's like talking. It is talking. That's why they put them on a the fucking car in the front and the back. It lets and on the, it's on a fucking uh, rear view mirrors too. Fuck, it's a, it's 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 everywhere. It lets everybody know around you what you are doing. That way they can make a decision on what they want to do. If you're going forward and you're in the right lane and you got your right signal on, the person behind you know they got to slow down a little bit because you're turning. The person that is on the intersecting way that is looking left watching you come that way, you have your right signal on. So they know they can make that little quick right out onto the street in your spot because you're about to turn off. So they have a little leeway to just go a little bit. The person on your left who may want to get over, let's say they want to get over at the next street where they know they can speed up a little bit and, oh, shit, it looked like somebody else want to turn. It looked like they got to wait their time. Let me get over to the left. And it goes like that. Like, the signaling is such a, it's so easy. Go fucking left. You go right. You hit the little signal down uh, uh, up, whatever the direction is. I can't say it off my head. I just know muscle memory. I know where I'm going and when I need to go there. Another thing that's a, uh, uh, I, I want to talk about sports. It's just, I'm pissed off already. Another thing is people who are, I wouldn't say speeders. You can put them in the speed category too. Who think they are, are intimidating on a road. Like, because you have a truck or you may have a big SUV, you know, uh, I'm in Texas, so uh, everybody got a, like a, a fucking F-150, F-250, F-350s, or regular truck on like gigantic suspensions. Like, every one in, if every one in like four vehicles is a truck. It's probably more than that. That's what it feel like. It's probably every, it's probably, the trucks is probably the other way. Uh, every one in every four is a car. Like it's so that's how many trucks it is on the road. Uh, riding real close to people, 
like trying to like push him into another lane. Ding, ding, ding. Why don't you just get in the fucking lane to the left or right of them if they're, if if you can and just go around them. Keep uh, trying to get close to people and you're like pushing them to get over. This is going to get you in a wreck. And it just might get your ass whooped too. Like, I, I'm not sure why. Um, um, people. Well, I know why people in, in Texas are such terrible drivers. It's because it's so easy to get a driver's license, and um, most of them, even though they, even though you got to drive everywhere, like public transportation is useless in in Houston. Public transportation is useless. It's the most. I would say it's the most unreliable public transportation. I could. It's not even 24 hours, right? So I'm from New Orleans. New Orleans public transportation, even though I was a kid when I stayed in New Orleans, I still knew it was 24 hours because I always remember leaving Bourbon Street at like 17, 18, at like 2, 3 in the morning. And it's the bus is still running. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. The bus is still running. That's how everybody got home from Bourbon Street. If you stayed in the city, um, I didn't. I didn't drink. Of course, I was young. I didn't even drink that much when I get older. But if you stayed in the city, you knew that was going. You took one bus because you knew that bus was coming twenty four hours. That's what New Orleans is. New Orleans got like what? I guess three hundred thousand people. This place got six million people, and buses don't run twenty four seven. I learned that the extremely hallway, right? So I, I don't know if I told y'all that story, right? So uh, when we first got here, I could have said this this story on. I don't like repeat myself, but I will. Fuck it. Um, when we first got here to, to Houston, right after Katrina, we had a uh, everybody, of course, is in the Astrodome, right? So we went. My cousin I had two cousins was here, uh, with me, uh, and one of them we found one of uh one of the cousins we found his brother, right? So it's four of us, and we don't know where to go. We just got here. Nobody got no whip. But we know we could probably just catch the bus down there, right? Because it's the bus, right? It's Houston, so we 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 think, hey, it's probably a thousand buses. It's a thousand buses. It's a thousand. It's it's a thousand. It's a bus is going everywhere. You gotta go everywhere. The place is so big, but you know, running once every hour with six million people don't make sense. Um, when they're running less time in smaller places, but anyway, um, so we take the West Timer bus, and now I remember where I was. Why? Why I was, but I wasn't. You know, wasn't familiar with the area. We had just got here. We was, if you in Houston, we was off a. Of, the bus dropped us off off of Montrose, and not Montrose, Kirby and West Timer. We're off of the the corner of Kirby and West Timer, and um, nobody's been. If you haven't been in Houston, Kirby and West Timer is a real ritzy area. I'm talking like the the little apartments, condos, like three G's. Three, two, three G's uh, uh, for one bedroom. You know, these shitty 600 foot one bedroom for 2400, 2800, just because of quote unquote location, even though you can go two blocks down and pay half that price. But, you know, people like paying for what they pay for. So we sitting there and we're probably sitting there for three hours. Um, bus never came, right? So it's pitch black now. So it's probably like, 11.30 and um, where we stayed at again, it, this is a Houston thing so 
if you're in Houston, you'll understand this. Where we stayed at, we stayed off of Westheimer and Hillcroft, right? So Westheimer and Kirby, Westheimer and Hillcroft, it's a hike, right? It's about, it's a hike. Walking, like, it, it took us a long fucking time to walk, right? But it was all good because it is what it is anyway, right? If we if if it was 1130, we would have probably got home at like 2, 3 in the morning. We fast walkers, but. It would have been like two, three in the morning, right? Which was cool. Then it don't matter. Yeah. To this place, you know, I don't think about it as much because uh, you know I'm not as I'm not younger. So it, I think we're I'm a little, a little bit more realistic in how I think. Um I, I still kind of think that way, but uh in New Orleans at night didn't bother me. So this may seem like ignorant, but no other place is gonna bother me at night. I remember talking, uh I remember being in Italy. Uh, not Italy, somewhere else. And talking to my mama. And it was like three in the morning, but whatever the time difference was, it was fine. It was fine here. She's like, Where you at? I was like, I'm walking around. She's like, Well, be careful. I'm like, I'm fucking. I guess I think I could have been in Italy. Like, I'm in fucking Italy. Like, it smell like roses outside. Why am I worried? We walked around a project two, three, four in the morning, you know, whatever project, whichever project, Magnolia, Abbeville, wherever. Why would I be worried about things? So that's my mindset. That's usually my mindset anywhere, anytime, any, any place. That's, that's the kind of uh, mental space you got to put yourself in uh, when, you know, when you're in stressful places or uh, you're around stupid people or, you know, or anything like that. That's the kind of uh, mindset I have. Um, so us walking from over there didn't bother me at all as far as safety. It, it didn't matter. Police maybe asking us, where the fuck are we going? Three uh, three in the morning. Um, so we sitting there, and uh, a random dude in a truck walk, uh, drive by, right? It's like a just random white dude. I think he was like a younger white dude. He probably in his late 20s. Um, to be honest, I don't remember his face. I don't remember his name, nothing. He just drove past. And like I said, it was it was it was dull. It was pitch black outside. And he's like, "Yo, what the fuck are y'all doing out here?" And we like, "Yo, what the fuck is like this white boy talking? That's crazy, as motherfucker." He's like, "Dog, well, I'm like, we waiting on a fucking bus. What you who? What you think? Which that's why we at the bus stop." He's like, "Hey man, I wasn't trying to go in like that, but y'all shouldn't be around here at eleven thirty at night. Um, just y'all." He's like, "Where y'all going?" I'm like, though, we've been waiting for the bus three hours. We're trying to get to the Astrodome um, and look for our people. Like, he's like, oh, shit, y'all from New Orleans? I'm like, yeah, we're trying to get there. We don't know We don't know how else to get there. Um, he's like, you know what? Get the fuck in this truck because y'all don't need to be out here. Just a random dude, bro. I swear, I don't remember the, I don't even remember the truck. It was four of us. So we was like, at first, we was like, yo, it's four of us. You know, if you try something crazy, maybe get one of us. But the other three is, yeah, he was gonna get it. So we wasn't kind of worried about that. But the fact that he was kind of just talking to us cool, we kind of had that little talk. But it wasn't, it wasn't, it was short. Um, but he was like, "Yo, get the fuck in his truck." So we got in the truck. We all got in the back of the truck. You know, two of us got in the, in, in the cab part, and two of us got in the, in the thing. He was like, "I'll bring y'all there," and uh, he's like, "I can't wait for y'all because I don't know what was going on." But I'll bring y'all there and y'all just find y'all way home. So we like, fuck, cool. That's cool with us. So we just randomly got in the back of this dude's truck. And uh, from there, he drove us to the Astrodome, right? So we get to the Astrodome. And uh, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, no wonder that 
everybody was like, not tripping, but the cops was like, who the fuck are y'all? Because I didn't realize how late it was at times. I'm just, just trying to get where I'm trying to get. But it was probably like 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning uh, when we get there. No, it, well, it was probably like 12, 12, 15. Excuse me. When we get to um, we get to the Astrodome, and then I'm trying to think, man, was it the Astrodome? Because I remember we walked to the convention center looking for people too. But I don't remember. I don't remember. But we went to the Astrodome. We couldn't find nobody, right? So, like, th- this was so crazy. I can't think of, I can't even think of a movie to describe this, right? So, you go, let's say you go into like a stadium. Think of fucking, uh, it's a crazy visual. Think of just walking to a stadium and walking to the entrance part and then looking up and the whole field is covered with people and all the stands is covered with people. But it's not the whole field. Let's just say it's like half of it, like a big, like 60% of it. That's what we saw. It was just people. It was just cots, people with blankets. It was cops everywhere. And it was just pure fucking chaos. Like we didn't find no family. We saw just some like some random people we knew from the block, or like some people I knew because I didn't go to the same school with all my friends. I went to another school, so it was just some people I knew. Um, but we couldn't find no family members. Uh, but you know that's a whole other thing because we had family members. I had um, a eighteen in New Jersey, eighteen in San Diego. Like they were shipping us kind of all over the place. Nobody kind of knew where it was until uh, it was there. That's another crazy, crazy thing. But we got there. We couldn't find nobody. And damn, what did we do after that? We couldn't sleep there. We wasn't going to sleep there because everybody, there was a wilding in there, I'm telling you. So you you have every neighborhood in New Orleans all mixed in into a stadium. Like, so everybody who's ever had a problem with each other, not even talking about the good pe- people, you know, know each other or whatever, people who've been beefing. In New Orleans, usually people that beef with each other like that, it kind of be a little far away. Like, it used to be, you know, I ain't been there in a while, so I don't know how the, how the climate is, really. I know they ain't building shit. But it used to be like an uptown, downtown thing. But there's some space between people, right? You you know, you're not beefing with the next block. But just imagine all those people in the same building. Now you got the the criminals, you got good people, but you got criminals. You got bad people in that motherfucker. So it was just absolute chaos. And uh, I remember talking to my cousin. We had got a, uh, I think we got a, uh, maybe a visitor's permit. But they told us we couldn't stay there anyway. And uh, we left, and then that's when it got confirmed with us. I asked the police on the way out. I was like, hey, like, when the buses run? He's like, buses don't run. So we was going to walk from downtown, uh, from downtown Houston all the way back. And uh, he asked us how we got here. He's like, hey, man, maybe y'all go to the convention center. Maybe they'll uh, take y'all in there. So we walked to the convention center, and they had empty beds in there. Um that they were saving for, uh, it was another city that got evacuated. I forget what city that was. It could have been like Beaumont, Texas, in Orange, Texas. And the lady was like, hey, Beaumont and all them people, you know, they'll be here in the morning. She's like, y'all, you know, feel free to to sleep here. So we like slept there uh, in a convention center on a fucking, on a cot. 
in a sheet. We ate some grits in the morning and we took the bus home. That's a long story. But it goes to show you that a, a city with 6 million people that don't have 24-hour uh, buses and you got people that's, you know, the if you ask the average Texan, they work commute, it's an hour. Because people just, they, you know, people, they stay so, all of, just like anywhere else, the high prices in, the, in in downtown, but nothing really goes on downtown. Like downtown is not a, it's a, it's a kind of a young people's place, but it's not a growing area. Like it, there's better neighborhoods, better actual structured neighborhoods that people would rather live in. I understand that. Like in Cyprus or Woodlands or Umbo or wherever you are. Um, but those places are like 40 minutes out. You add in traffic, like I said, 6 million people. Uh, hour, hour and a half is how most people driving. So um, I'm sure if the buses were uh, more competent, people would actually want to do it. But I mean, how can how can you cover everything in such a gigantic place? Um, it's pretty crazy. But going back, I forgot what I was talking about. I was talking about uh, <laughs> fucking... Uh, Turner signals, Turner signals, intimidation, driving. All right, well, let's get back to it. So, blinkers, intimidating people. And another thing about like city structures, how can we get two things, two more things? How can we get the tickets for people that's texting and driving? Like, how can we just eliminate this, right? Because between this and let's I got to be a little, it's going to be a little ageism here. If you over 70, like you should be having like cognitive, I don't know what the word is. You should be having like every six months driving test after like 60. You should have a driving test every like, because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like I, the, the recklessness on the road, I already know. If somebody's in front of me or behind me, to the left or right of me, I can guess what the person is doing and who they are by how crazy they're driving or how erratic they're driving, how slow they're driving. If they're swerving side to side, if they're swerving, I'm like, oh, this person's on the phone. Let me get as far away from them if I possibly can. I get all the way over, cruise over, you take a peek over, they're on their fucking phone. It's just... I'm not, you know, I'm not with the police shit and the, uh, uh, pulling people up for no reason, but if you're texting and driving, a light little taser, a little, little cow prod just to wake your stupid ass up and see you back on your way home. But I just have, that's the really, uh, bad drivers send a, sends a shock of anger through my body, uh, that not many other things to get because if you looked at how many people uh, die from car accidents, it's pretty crazy. It's really, really crazy. And if you look at like drunk, you add in drunk driving and uh, and like it's Texas, so strict driving, a uh, strict uh, alcohol laws, but motherfuckers can be drunk any type of the day. To be to be real honest with you, like drunk driver, you get hit by a drunk driver at eight a.m. Uh, 12 p.m. Like, it's pretty crazy. Like, if you look at the the, the drunk driving um, uh, 
accidents and, and, and deaths in Texas in comparison to other states. Um, and it's not even close. Like the numbers is pretty crazy. So that's why I also am a little bit more uh, uh, skittish when it comes to just bad driving. And also we're driving 3,000 pound vehicles. 3,000, 2 to 3,000, 4,000. It's really big cause. Uh, just imagine something that's 3,000 pounds um, that travels 60, 70, 80, 90 miles per hour. Um, that's a lot of impact. And that's a lot of uh, contact. Uh, so, yeah, that's big pet peeve, big pet peeve, big pet peeve. The second topic I wanted to get into was playoff basketball, right? Big swerve. I just, I'm a bad driver. I just hit a, a U-turn. You know when you're taking a U-turn so wide, you got your hand on the wheel, like you pulling something around off your back. Like you dragging a, a fucking a sled. That's the type of U-turn I'm doing now. I want to talk about the playoffs, right? And we got the final four teams. And there's a lot of ups and downs about the playoffs, right? There are some people who think that basketball is just so superstar driven that it is bad to not have LeBron James again in the final four of teams for the maybe like 13th time out of 16 years. Like people think that's a bad thing to have the person that has represented um, the final four teams has been a, a a a representative in the final four teams for maybe for like he's this is like year eighteen. The last he went like ten years straight. He he he's had to been in the final four at least thirteen or fourteen times in the last damn at least thirteen right at least. 10, 11, fuck. It's, it's a lot, nigga, a lot. Um, to have that person eliminated and have four teams that have, I don't think they've ever won a champ. Well, the Bucks have won a championship, but it's been a really long time. Um, the Suns have never won. The Clippers have never won. And the Hawks have never won. The Bucks, the Bucks have championships with Kareem... I think he was Lou Alcindor then. Uh, I think, yeah, they have championships with Kareem. I think Kareem got like maybe three championships um, with Milwaukee before he went to to the Lakers. Maybe two. Uh, I know he got MVPs there, right? So, but it's been, I have to say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, you know, it's, I mean, like 1969 or some shit like that. So it's been a long time. 1974 probably uh, since the last time they won a, a championship. So it's been a long time. It's been like 50 years. Um, how is that not seen as a good thing, right? The Hawks, uh, who have had a bad sports, like, their sports history is terrible. So for, like, the city of Atlanta will be a great thing. I think it would be absolutely terrible for me, for anybody in Atlanta to be uh, celebrating anything, Um Besides the removal of, of an STD, I, I don't like that. So, you know, the Hawks getting in and then the Hawks getting one really with no notice, like at the at the 
it's not even like the Warriors because the Warriors were leading up and just took a gigantic leap. Like they would lead up to okay, there was this is a competing team to oh shit, they just won a championship. Like if you remember the three years before the actual championship, this. There's nobody that would have thought the Warriors to win a championship. Hold up. Let me see if I can actually find um, Warriors championship uh, uh, in 2015. Let's see. Was it 14, 15, or was it 15, 16? I uh, see. Okay, so Philly was five hundred to one. Sweet, uh, but but Jesus, uh, let's see if I can find Golden State. We're not going through every fucking name. The Pelicans were a hundred to one. Uh, which sounds crazy as hell. I see Knicks. Raptors, Wizards, Mavs, Dwarves were 20 to 1. Yeah, this is when they were 20 to 1 to win. Okay, see the Bulls, Spurs, Cavs. Okay. All right, yeah, so this is the button. It was 20 to 1, right? So what is twenty to one in? Is that's like two thousand to one, or uh, plus two thousand basically? Um, I think that's equals to plus two thousand. So my point is, the 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 Hawks would be a, an even bigger jump than the Warriors winning their first one because first of all they were trash at the beginning of the season. Uh, for the last couple of years they've been trash, and if and and really being in the same conference with LeBron means. That you never win it. So even when they had the most wins um, in 2013, 14, that 64 wins, I remember one year, um, nobody ever thought they were actually going to beat LeBron, right? So the the jump they would have made, especially how they start the season, with a, a brand new coach, the brand new coach, you have a totally different coach. Um, you have obviously a good coach. The Nate McMillan, oh my God, Nate McMillan just. Going to the fucking Hawks. NBA teams. Uh, are y'all stupid, right? Any team, any team that needed a coach. If you look at the Indiana Pacers like the last four years, no good rosters. I wouldn't say no good rosters. Good to decent rosters. Third seeds, number four seeds, five seeds. Not five seeds. They were three and four seeds. With players, that's not even on the fucking team no more. Sabonis wasn't even there. So, the, well, Sabonis was there, like, the, the first one. But it's not like they had any superstars. They had no superstars on their team. Just good players. And Nate McMillan took that to a three seed, to a four seed. And then they fired him after going to the bubble. The bubble of all fucking things. You fire him after the bubble. Something that. Don't even make sense. He didn't even have the bonus. And they lose. And then you fire him. And then NBA teams that needed a fucking coach. Let him go be an assistant coach to the Hawks. 
How is he? Uh, how did he even get in a position to be a fucking assistant coach? How many teams need a coach? Sacramento looked like they need a coach. Minnesota looked like they need a coach. The New Orleans Pelicans looked like they need a coach. They needed one last year. Geniuses. So for the Hawks to make that climb, I think it would be it would be even bigger than the Raptors because the Raptors with Kawhi was taken seriously, right? Trey Young is not seen like that because he just he's a very young player. He just came into the fucking league, obviously. Uh, but they have a really solid roster. Like they're top 10 guys, like the 10, 12 guys they play are awful. Good NBA players, like uh, besides Solomon Hill, but you know, get the check out he got. He got 50 million already, so it don't even matter. Uh, if he good or not, they already paid him like he was. So uh the Hawks winner will be uh will be to me gigantic. The Bucks winning will, will be gigantic. The Clippers winning, this is the worst team in sports history. Like I tweeted this a, a couple weeks ago, right? So some of y'all may not be may not be young enough to remember what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before, like, matter of fact, before they changed the color of their jerseys. When they changed the color of the jerseys, that's when they got good. If you look at all teams, it's not, I'm not gonna say all teams, but most teams, when they change the color of their jersey, somehow they become better, right? So Tampa Bay Buccaneers went from the worst. Oh, I'm telling you, you're going 0-16, 1-15, 2-14, multiple. Bro, let me, I got to pull it up. They were, they used to be terrible. Like, 2-16s every year. Like, Detroit Lions type bad. Let me see. Not Tampa, Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay record in the 90s. go to team history. I can see it right here. Let's go to 90. Let's go to the 80s. Still real bad in the 80s. Uh, in the middle of the 90s when they start getting good and then the 2000s is just... Um, so let's go to 1983. Right? 2 and 4. 6 and 10. 2 and 14. 2 and 14. 4 and 11. 5 and 11. 5 and 11. 6 and 10. 3 and 13. 5 and 11. 5 and 11. Right? So I just went 10 years. And the most game they won was six. So I'm on 1994. Bam. Six and ten again. 1995, they went seven and nine. 1996, they went six and ten again. So they went from 1996 back from to 1982, if we want to go back. They went in with five and four. 1982. To 1995, they won seven games. That's the most wins they ever had in a season, right? And then in 96 and 97, they changed their colors. I assume they had to sell a team, but they just started getting better, right? They, they started drafting a hell of a lot better. Um, so 97, 6 and 10. I'm, yeah, 10 and 6. 8 and 8, 11 and 5, 10 and 6, 9 and 7. And then they were 12 and 4. In 2002, they, they won the Super Bowl. So they were just, it was, these was all Dungy teams. Dungy got, uh, got them better. Um, Dungy is like, 
He, he's I wouldn't compare to Mark Jackson. He's better. He's a better coach than Mark Jackson. But you can compare his 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 arc to like what Mark Jackson was. But like I said, I think he's a a better coach than Mark Jackson was. Uh, to where Mark Mark Jackson, well, Dungey has Dungey can take more credit for that team because it's offense and defense, and the jump that the Warriors made with a totally different offense. It's a similar arc. I, I don't want to, you know, paint it to be as exact because I want to give Dungey his respect, and I don't want to disrespect Mark Jackson. I want to put him in perspective too because uh, he did bring the Warriors to there. Um, maybe in another two years, uh, maybe the next year they would have took that anyway. But I think with the the offense that Steve Kerr brought in, you know, the Dan Tony spread it out offense. Uh, I think that was the difference for the Warriors, but. Either way, they were one of the worst teams ever. The Clippers are much, 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 much worse, right? The Clippers are, are absolutely, they're the worst team in uh, franchise history. Then you have the Phoenix Suns, right? You have the Phoenix Suns who's had about five or six years of real, um, what's the word, relevancy? Since like 1990, right? You had the you had the years with Barkley, which is like 90 to like 93 or four, really. I think he could have got that 89. Um, but you got like four or five years. I say it's more than more than five. I won't go all the way there. So you got four or five years there. You got the Nash years, which uh is mostly late 2000s when they were really pushing. Um, but but the Barkley is better because they went to the actually went to the finals. Um, they just ran through a, a fucking free train uh, from what, named Michael Jordan, but them finally being in this position after being pretty fucking trash uh, for a long time, uh, multiple, multiple first round, uh, top seven to ten draft picks wasted. I remember there was a stretch when they – we could have gone over this in the last podcast, but there was a stretch when they, they drafted like full guards straight. Brandon Knight, all these casters coming out. They, time, they were just drafting guards, um, trying to find Devin Book, I guess. I, I guess after you draft seven guards in six years or seven guards in five years and you land on Devin Book, I guess you can have the fucking credit of being – uh, a, a great drafter. Like you get eight who's solid. You get Booker who's solid, who's very good. And then you, you know, all everybody else you drafted didn't fit the team. You fucked them up. You had bad coaching. Uh, you fired the coaches too quick. Um, yeah, you know, and, and speaking of coaches, uh, I, I would like uh, for the Pelicans, this won't happen. Uh, I would like Jeff Hornacek. Uh, if y'all remember Jeff Hornacek, uh, he has some pretty good years. Uh, with Phoenix before they kicked him out. I believe that was Phoenix. And they had a good year with the, the Knicks. Um, he had a winning season with the Knicks before they um, uh, kicked him out. And then I believe they brought in Derek Fisher in there, who is absolutely terrible. But what happened, happened to Vinny Del Negro? His last uh, year, I remember, he had 56 wins. What, hap- what happens to all these coaches? Is it is it behind-the-scenes stuff we all know about? I've heard a couple of things about Mark Jackson. I don't know if it's true. It's all rumor about him being super religious. And uh, maybe, you know, uh, some of the words and some of the things he was saying or, or trying to judge kind of threw people off a little bit. Um, maybe that's the same way with some of these coaches. But why was Nate McMillan that? Why was uh, Thibodeau um, 
out of the league for a little bit. He he did his thing. We didn't do nothing with Minnesota, but I don't know if he just had the right personnel in Minnesota. You know, maybe Minnesota is that. Maybe they're a little bit too soft out there. Um, maybe they didn't have the right clientele. Maybe he just made the wrong fucking moves. They did trade Zach Levine and Wiggins for Jimmy Butler, who was there like one year. They trade exactly for Wiggins, but it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same difference. They did trade Levine. Um who's a 25 to 28 point score nightly. Um, they have D'Angelo Russell. They have Colin Latin Towns, who will probably um, be gone. But it, it's just so many teams that need coaching. I, I, I really need a, an answer on why we keep getting the same bad rotation of coaches. Like Jason Kidd is getting interviews to go places, even though he showed uh, nothing. Um, you can, I mean, I guess a, you could say, oh, he developed Giannis, but Giannis going from looking like uh, he was 113 pounds to looking like uh, Brock Lesnar. I don't know if that had anything to do with Jason Kidd um, in that aspect. So um, I'm not sure, like, how he keeps, how, how he gets a spot. Um, I know he got that spot in the Lakers. Maybe he got some leeway, maybe because of agents or something like that. Maybe if you have a powerful agent in the NBA, that's just how it go. We already know it's kind of how it go with the players, but. Um, I assume it's the same that it's the same way with the coaches, but you know, you know, I'm not claiming to be any type of uh fucking general manager. I'm not, you know, I like basketball. I'm no fucking scout. I'm not watching Bosnia, Bosnian basketball to see who may be some top prospects. I'm not into it like that, but um I definitely knew that Tom Thibodeau is a good coach. Uh and he brings the same result out of pretty much every team he goes to. Compete, they play hard, they they get to the playoffs. If he was in when he was in Chicago, they would have won a championship. The roster in New York, go check that roster. It's really not that good. It's really got a lot of young players on it. It's just Julius Randle, Rose out there. He stepped up his game. He has some young cats stepping up their game. But it's not a you know a real defined and refined rosters been playing together for two, three, four years. Most rosters only play together anyway like that, but uh, for whatever reason. Uh, these people don't think uh, continuity matters and habits matter and camaraderie matters. Um, I think they think you could just interchange, inter-switch players and uh, a dude staying in Atlanta and now he got to stay in Milwaukee. I don't think they think that maybe that affects somebody. Um, I know it's their job to stay professional and stay in shape and do all that, but all that shit kind of uh, uh, affects people. So I, I don't think the NBA is really looking at it like that. Maybe they're not looking at it like that. Maybe they don't care to look at it like that. Um, that putting together a roster to play together for two or three or four years might make them all better. Like everybody can't just move around like LeBron. Not moving around, I mean, he's been to a thousand teams, meaning he can fit any team and it would wrap around him. KD could fit, he could go anywhere and it would wrap around him. Obviously, not all players like that. Um, so, you know, for them to just be interchanging role players, look at Covington. Covington in, in Houston, I liked how he was playing. Covington in Minnesota, I liked, really liked how he was playing in Minnesota. Covington in Portland, what the fuck is Covington in Portland? Like, I. He could have just been trash this year, but there's a lot of things that go on, a lot of things that, that matters. And I don't think a lot of um, uh, uh, GMs or anything it, it even like take that in consideration. Also, 
I want to talk about. Uh, talking about me fucking watching Bosnian basketball. I assume we're going to get more European players into the league, right? So you have Jokic, you have Sabonis, and uh, you know I'm, it's not like it's it's nineteen of these motherfuckers. It's not like it's twenty stars or twenty role players that's shining. But if you have guys that can move to superstardom fairly quick, like Lucas, he's pretty legendary already in like year three and year four. Um, because of how well he played over there and him just not being afraid. He said this is easy when he came over. But him adjusting to this game, I assume in this draft coming up, we're going to be seeing more European players because, quite honestly, I'd rather be taking more chances on them out there than uh, the, the, system, the system in which we're bringing up um, as far as college ball, uh, American college ball. Um, because if you can bring in grown adults already or people that have been living on their own as a grown adult like you know uh, obviously i don't know any of these cats maturity i don't know them but being 18 and not being in your home country uh 19 and not being in your home country and playing in a professional league is a lot different from being 18 on a college campus um in kentucky or duke or wherever you know the same people want to fucking play all the time so um i really wonder uh would it be more more chances taken on uh, the cast that's spent playing in Spain? Or yeah, I think that's the the main league. Like I said, I don't know. I should start watching that shit. Uh, you can bet on the shit. But um, will it be more more take more chances taken on these cats? Uh, I'm not gonna say uh, there'll be Luca or Jokic or Sabonis or, or whoever else is here um, that's really hooping like that. But uh, to get a grown up that wants to play their role right it it's not that these a lot of these players are are bad players but them adjusting to being good at their role it just seems like it just seems like they're maybe the nba turnover it's, has been really quick. Maybe it's always been the same way, which is how many players are going to the G League and up and down and out of league and China and all these places and so many places to play. Uh, maybe it's always been like that as far as the 90s. But like the 90s and uh, the early 2000s, it felt like it was more adults, grown men out there that were fine with their role and just took it on. Or I could have just been looking at a lot of old dudes that were vets at the time, and that's just what part of their career they was in. I mean, it, it, I could be, it could be the same fucking thing, but, you know, taking chances on people that have been already playing in a professional league that is second to ours. It's not like, you know, they're playing where J. Cole was playing. It's not like they're playing in fucking Rucker Park for two years. They're playing in the league in the world. Most people, talent-wise, would be considered number two. Um, so maybe we see more chances this year. Maybe that, that's what the draft bring us, brings us. Um, I think common sense would say, well, you know, with COVID, it's probably was fucking really difficult to scout out there the last year and a half. Damn near impossible to scout out there the last year and a half. 
Uh, they didn't have basketball like us either. So maybe this is not the year for it. Maybe it's another two or three years. Um, I, I don't know how quickly I forgot. Uh, the entire world was affected by COVID. So, you know, maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's the next couple of years. But I'm sure they've been looking at and recruiting guys and looking at these players and um, bringing some of these cats over, man. We, we've had a lot of good. Look at the Spurs. Uh, we've had a lot of good uh, European players that have come over and been just fantastic role players and just fantastic players uh, in general. Guys that come in, hit the three, come in and play defense and um, – are just willing to take it serious. Um, and I'm not saying, uh, like I said, this is not a maturity thing. It, it's probably a maturity thing. Like I said, you're bringing in somebody who's grown, who's been living on their own and been doing all this stuff. So um, hopefully we see more of that. Um, next time I talk to y'all, I'll be, I'll be still watching some, some European basketball, maybe. Uh, probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I get better on it, I'll check it out. So. Uh, let me know what y'all think. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on the YouTubes. Uh, YouTube.com. Um, slash water sign. Uh, on my YouTube, it's be a lot of gaming videos. Uh, very similar to the podcast, but I kind of want to uh, try something a little bit different with YouTube. Maybe, you know, some nice uh, five or ten minute, five or seven to ten minute videos. Maybe three to five. Uh, just because of uh, how the YouTube... Uh, algorithm works now most people three minutes is usually three to seven is usually good enough uh time for a lot of people just depending upon the game of course but um maybe i can get to a lot of more you know mini topics like that with the youtube um so we can have more discussion about it long discussions over 45 minutes or hour two hour um four hour fucking discussions is a little bit harder to uh for everybody to keep up with but a YouTube video with some comments, people chopping it up about it. Uh, I think that's a it's a better way to be a lot more interactive with everybody besides obvious social media, Twitter, etc. So I appreciate y'all for listening. And I'll holler.